Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show. In our first half, we're talking about something beautiful and organic and special and healing and healthy. We're talking about sanctuary gardens and organics and what we can do um, to help ourselves tap into beautiful plants. My guest is Jessie Bloom. She's a best-selling author, and she's an award-winning ecological landscape designer and speaker. Her new book is called Creating Sanctuary, and it taps into multiple sources of traditional plant wisdom to help find a deeper connection to the outdoor space you already have, no matter what the size is. And today she's going to talk about designing a healing space, about plant profiles for 50 sacred plants. She'll talk about recipes that harness the medicinal properties to plants. And she'll also give you some simple rituals and practices for self-care. I'm very excited about this interview. Welcome, Jesse. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Um, let's talk about, I know you've written a book before this. So yeah. talk about this latest book and how this ties into your other work. Well, I've been an ecological designer for about 20 years now. So essentially what that means is I help repair the ecosystem and create habitat. Um, one of my, my first book was called Free Range Chicken Gardens, and that's about creating habitat for your flock or poultry, mm-hmm. um, which they deserve, especially if we're going to be using them for meat or eggs. Um, but they make great garden helpers as well. The second book I wrote was called Practical Permaculture, which is, which is about creating habitat for humans. So that's mm-hmm. a design theory or a process that we take to create sustainable systems that humans rely on. And in that process of becoming a writer after being a designer for many years, um, I realized that there was a lot more to creating spaces than just knowing the ecosystem of plants. A lot of what we needed was to have help humans um, first have a connection and, and healthy interaction with the landscape or, or spaces they find themselves in because a lot of people have a negative relationship um, and consider their gardens or, or um, taking care of something a burden to them. That's a lot of what yes. I find as a consultant yeah. in my daily work. Um, or, you know, plants are, are troublesome or, or weeds are problematic. Mm-hmm. And so I went on to study psychology and different belief systems, theology. Um, I was diagnosed with uh, PTSD and was going through a huge range of health issues um, mm. as, an, as a part of this. And so a, a big part of the book is actually a healing journey um, that I took and exploring different avenues of connecting with the earth that I had innately because of what I did. But I wanted to share what I found from um, that journey with others who may be suffering mm. from similar human yeah. ailments like so, sleeplessness. Or yeah. So let me ask you. Problems. 
So let me ask you, Jesse, if, if somebody's tuning into this program and is new to this and, and, you know, loves plants to look at but maybe hasn't been involved in growing them or, you know, or with the soil, what's kind of the first exercise or something someone could do? Would you just suggest that they take a walk in nature? I mean, how does someone start? Um, well, first, they might want to consider what they want out of a relationship with nature. Some people just want a place to relax or, or escape. Um, so I offer actually um, meditations and practices that people can explore their own needs and what they are looking for. And from there, it becomes a much easier process because we can find all sorts of um, avenues to take in this regard, whether it be going to a park and connecting or gardening in our backyard or um, growing a, a medicine on our countertop that we mm-hmm. use in a tea. Um, so there's a lot of different avenues to take, but I would first start with, well, what do we want as, as people um, mm-hmm. out of our relationship with the, the nature that we're a part yeah. of? A lot of people today, I mean, sort of the new hot button are herbs and essential oils, and you see a lot of people using them and herbal teas. What would your advice be around herbs and teas for people who, you know, maybe they're drinking coffee or maybe they're just too stimulated and they want to calm down. I know how much herbal teas and oils and herbs have helped me. And so um, Mm -hmm. I'd love you to address that. Yeah, so as far back as human civilization goes, we've had a relationship with plants and evolved with them as our our base of nutrition and and medicine. Um, And so... Really, we can use plants to be our allies for whatever we need, um, to nourish our bodies, to calm our nervous systems, um, to heal a broken heart even. And we can do that through the different constituents that the plants offer. And so getting to know the plants um, on that level and understanding, you know, this plant has been used for 5,000 years to help depression or sadness um, gives us the, the information we might need to then go ahead and learn how to use that plant, whether it's a tea or an essential oil that we use in our home or on our skin. Um, So there's a lot of different ways that we can use plants, and this book is meant to be an entry point to start learning about how and um, about what plant does what for us. Hmm. You also talk in the book about the benefits of having a sanctuary and which plants and trees to look for to produce peace and balance. Give us some insight there. Yeah, so um, there's a lot of studies out there that show that the closer we are to plants, and even just visually, um, the faster we heal, the better sense of well-being we have. And so... The idea of creating sanctuary can be done indoors or outdoors. We can use house plants. We can use things growing inside. And in our gardens, there is a whole ecosystem to be mindful of. And in that ecosystem lives a lot of other critters or organisms. Um, we're just one organism on, the, on a planet of billions. And so <clears throat> creating relationships and looking at how to invite others in, whether it be uh, certain tree species or whether it be hummingbirds. Um, mm. Once we start to create that, we do have a better sense of being in harmony with our surroundings. Um, and I believe that's how we're designed biologically. We are meant to interact with our environment. 
Um, and it's only been about 200 years or so where we've gotten away from that. And I call that environmental amnesia, where mm. those of us born today forget what it was like to have that close relationship with the earth. And now we're, we're distracted by devices and TV and all these other things that aren't connecting us to our roots. Yeah, yeah, so important. Another thing that you talk about in the book that's really interesting is the different colors and what mood they invoke when used, like white for purity and red for passion. Yeah, so color theory is one of the tools in the toolkit for design. And so if we're trying to create a sense of or a certain emotion or feeling, colors can play a really big role in that. Um, I'm in my living room, which has a lot of blues, um, and blues are very calming and peaceful, mm-hmm. which is very good for me. Um, if I were to have a room that was full of yellow, for example, that might bring more joy, um, but it might be more stimulating for me. So mm-hmm. looking at color and the, the emotional um, response that we get to color is a big part of this, and, and designing the spaces that we're in to, to allow us to respond um, in that way. Mm. So even maybe picking your herbs around color or picking your plants around color, what, what do you think about that? Well, yeah, definitely. That's a big part of the design process. So it can be um, flower color, leaf color, um, bark color. And what's great about gardens is it changes throughout the year. So you could have something blooming in spring that is pink and white, and in the fall you can have orange and yellows. So that's one of the tools that I encourage people to use in designing a space, is looking at what colors at what time of year. Um, of course, indoors a little different than outdoors, but um, with gardens we have a lot more flexibility in, in choosing those, those colors mm-hmm. for ourselves. Mm. And I think one of the things also in your book is really learning how to create a sacred space or just even a tranquil space in your own backyard. And your book has Mm -hmm. great ideas for that. You know, if you want a kitchen garden or an apothecary garden, um, talk a little about that. Well, for each person, the word sanctuary or even sacred is going to have a different meaning from the next person. And so one of the things that I I really ask people is, what does that word mean to you? Um, I talked to a gentleman on a radio show who said that would be fishing (laughs) out of Mm -hmm. lake. Um, Someone else, it might be a hammock in their backyard. Um, So really starting to think about what that word means to you, it also could evoke ideas or images of religious figures. So um, each person is going to have a different definition And then how that manifests in their space is going to look different. So what I created in the book was kind of a um, choose-your-own-adventure model of here's all these themes of what you might find in sacred spaces around the world, because culturally it's different as well. Um, And for some people, they might want some elements and not others. Um, And that's, that's their choosing, because that's what sacred means to them. So it could be in the form of statuary or art, or it could be natural elements like water movement or stones. So each person is going to have a different looking sanctuary. Beautiful. We're going to take a break, but before we do, tell us uh, how people can find your beautiful book, Creating Sanctuary. 
Um, it's available everywhere right now in all bookstores online and in person. Um, you can find it at my website, Jesse with an eye, bloom.com, or we're doing a lot of giveaways on social media like Instagram and Facebook right now. Okay. And do you do workshops in different parts of the country as well? Oh, yes, definitely. I'm heading to San Diego this week. And, um, throughout the entire 2019 spring, I'll be all over the United States. Wonderful. Well, you'll have to let us know when you come out east. I'm in the eastern, east part of the world, northeast. Okay. And um, Yeah, that's wonderful. All right. We are talking to Jessie Bloom, and she's the author of Creating Sanctuary. And we're going to be back with her. Let me tell you a little bit about her before the break again. Jessie Bloom is a best-selling author, award-winning ecological landscape designer and speaker. She owns N. Bloom. Ecologic, N.W. Bloom Ecological Services based in the Pacific Northwest. And she's known as an innovator and leader in the field of permaculture, sustainable landscape, design, construction, and land management. Her work has been recognized by government agencies and industry organizations and has made headlines in national media. And so we're very excited to talk about her most recent book, Creating Sanctuary. We'll be back with Chessie Bloom right after the break. This is Patricia Raskin right here on the Patricia Raskin Show and voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What's your coffee story? The one that defines who you truly are in a relaxing setting. It's where you share your memories, plan for the future, and talk about the now. My favorite coffee story is here with host Aniko Samoji. We invite you to listen in and share your coffee stories too. Bring your friends or just stop by as we talk about coffee and the inspiring stories that touch our lives every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com 
Now, back to the Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back. And we are talking to Jesse Bloom, who's the author of her new book, her newest book, Creating Sanctuary. And she's a best-selling author, an award-winning ecological landscape designer and speaker, and she owns N.W. Bloom Ecological Services based in the Pacific Northwest. And her book, again, is called Creating Sanctuary, and it taps into the multiple sources of traditional plant wisdom to help find a deeper connection to the outdoor space you already have no matter what. She talks about everything from placement to remedies to rituals and practices. So welcome back, Jesse. Thank you. Yeah, and it's wonderful. Your work has been recognized by government agencies and industries. You've made headlines in the national media, and you're really making a difference in, in being a leader in permaculture and sustainable landscape design and construction and land management. So really important work, and thank you. All right, so let me ask you about some of the case studies in your book where you talk about uh, different applications for design. Give us an example. Mm-hmm. Maybe give us two examples of two very different ones. Okay, well, um, I got to travel around the world to visit sacred spaces, and um, some were public, mm. some were private. And um, the ones that had the most um, differences were, of course, private backyards or um, places where families live. Um, the one that stands out was called, I called it the Garden of Angels. Um, and it was really dedicated to family in a way that celebrated um, togetherness, but also memorialized um, lost loved ones. And so mm-hmm. there was different corners of the garden that um, represented different people in the family lineage. So um, grandmother, for example, there was a whole garden around what she loved and what that meant to the family, um, both in terms of plants and ornaments and color. And so it was this way for them to connect to grandma um, and always have a place to go visit her, essentially. Mm. And there was, there was different spaces throughout the garden for different people um, to memorialize and even pets. Um, and that one was really beautiful, very colorful, um, and also included gathering areas for family, um, lots of art and very cheerful space around a fire pit, different features that would bring everybody together. So that was one of the gardens that I featured. Um, another one that is on a different end of the spectrum, very sacred from a um, uh, more religious aspect was a place called Sacred Groves. And their mission is to create healing spaces um, by uh, creating ceremonial rituals and mm. to invoke different um, healing attributes from the space. So they have um, different altars and different statuary that um, people can connect to and uh, sweat lodge. And so they would bring in different belief systems and, and healing um, rituals from around the world, really. Um, one that really stands out to me is a brief ritual. <clears throat> and, and where was this? Every year they host. Where was this, this on location? Bainbridge Island. Um. Bainbridge Island. Um, but they bring in different people to conduct these ceremonies and help people heal. And the one that stands out um, is a grief ceremony they do. And um, very healing leaves people transformed at the end. But it's it's really a space for gathering and community 
Um, and that was one of the many that I visited. Others include educational facilities. Um, one was an art, art and yoga um, space that the mayor of a town created. Um, and she actually purchased or took stewardship of a old church, a historic church, and created a, a beautiful sanctuary outside, but then an, a community gathering space inside for people to share and do their artwork together as a collective. And so um, that was another one that was really different, um, but there's so many versions of it um, that we can really look to examples from around the world, to our neighbor's backyard, to botanical gardens, um, and this book highlights the elements that I found in all of these spaces so that people could look and say, oh, these are the elements that might be important to include mm-hmm. in a sacred space and how to get from A to, a to Z. Yeah, so important. Talk about something fascinating in your book. Talk about forest bathing. Forest, forest bathing. bathing. So this is a Japanese art um, that's getting a lot of attention right now. There's actually several books that are coming out about it. Um, and the idea, in my mind, is fairly straightforward. We enter into these spaces that have not been disturbed or disrupted by, by humans all that much. And we get a chance to cleanse ourselves um, just by walking through them. And so forest bathing is, is an opportunity for us to utilize nature um, in its wild sense to heal our bodies or to let go of things. Um, and and I, I believe we can do that in domesticated landscapes as well. Um, but this is just one that's been around for a long time and um, just now getting a lot more publicity from the um, Western culture. Uh, and do you th- is that being adopted more in our culture? Um, I think so, bathing? little by little. It's, um, it's something that, you know, in, in the United States, I think to most people it's fairly new. So um, the idea mm. of it, and that's why it's becoming more of a, um, I don't want to call it a trend because it's been around for a long time, yeah. but yeah. In, in Western culture, it's, it's newer. Let's talk about um, some things that people, I think, would really love, recipes for bath bombs and mm-hmm. foot baths and essential oils and protein bombs and drying herbs, and the list goes on. <laughs> but um, yeah. pick, a, pick a couple. Pick something that you think, particularly at this time of year, you know, you're in the Northwest, I'm in the Northeast. I mean, for people more in colder climates, what might be something you think would be really wonderful at this time of year, the holiday time? Well, I just um, posted about this on Instagram because I think it's something that everybody can use um, to have a ritual around our bath time and using recipes from plants to help heal us or rejuvenate us. So our skin is our largest organ and it's really receptive, especially when it's warm and our pores are opened up. So if we create essentially a bath time tea, then... We're, we can get the medicine into us pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. Now, one plant that a lot of people are familiar with if they drink herbal tea is chamomile. So this is a plant that you can also use in your bath. Um, my favorite is to do it before bed. So chamomile is one plant. Lavender flowers is another. Mm. Um, 
Mugwort is another plant that I like to use, taking a bath. Um, and put these into like a, a sock-like container. And you can also do it like floating in the, in the bath if you want. It makes it a little harder to clean up. But it definitely evokes this amazing experience of healing. Um, I use some Epsom salt, sometimes some baking, baking powder. Um, and that's a ritual or a recipe that we can customize based on what we need. So it's a really powerful one, especially if you have a hard time sleeping um, or staying asleep. There's a lot of plants that can help us. Rather than drinking them, we can soak our bodies in them. So that's a really good one to use. Um, While we're on the subject of sleep, dream pillows are another really good thing to to play around with. I, I really encourage kids especially to get to know plants this way because plants have been used historically as allies or teachers for humans um, way, way back when. And in our dreams was one of those times that we would connect with them. So a mm-hmm. dream pillow is very similar to taking a bath with herbs. You just take the herbs and you bundle them into a little pillow, put them underneath your pillow, and fall asleep. And some plants um, are good at evoking um, lucid dreams. So if you want to have colorful, exciting dreams, use a certain list of plants. What would you 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 choose for that if you wanted lucid, colorful dreams? What kind of herbs? Um, So my favorite is uh, mugwort. Um, Peppermint Mm -hmm. is another one. Mm -hmm. So that one's maybe easier for for some people to find. Um, Some plants are meant to protect you from nightmares. So I've been teaching a class for kids, um, which a lot of adults come to now, um, to create dream pillows. And I get emails afterwards from um, parents and even war veterans who say, I experienced these nightmares and now I'm sleeping peacefully through the night because of these relationships I've developed with plants. Isn't that wonderful? So that's another one. All right. Jesse, we have about two minutes left. So let's close up by... What do you want to leave our listeners with? I mean, you have so much herbal remedies and teas and, you know, planting your own garden. I mean, what's the message of your book? Um, the message is, is a DIY self-care manual. And really what I wanted to do is help people create a space that they can rejuvenate themselves in um, and then create a new relationship with the world around them. Plants, for so many people, are inanimate objects or wallpaper, um, but yet they're these living, breathing organisms that have so much to offer us. And so my hope is that people can develop relationships with these plants and then use them in the space that they create um, that's sacred to them. Mm. All right. One more thing. We have a couple more minutes. Tell us, um, in terms of like teas and tinctures and oil infusions, what could someone do to make an oil infusion, just something easy that would be terrific for um, them? My favorite is to introduce just a, a lavender flower. Um, and that's something that's really easy from an oil standpoint. We can let the oil soak up and absorb the, um, the medicine from the plant, and then we strain out the, the oil um, or the, the plant parts from the oil, and then we have a, a wonderful product that we can use on our skin. Um, and, uh, tea, instead of oil, we just use water, just like making any tea. Um, plants and hot right. water make, make medicine. 
All right. Jesse, thank you so much for uh, just a wonderful interview. And again, the book is Creating Sanctuary. And it's just all about helping people to plan, whether it's their backyard or whether they just want to have a healing garden or whether they just want to learn more about herbs. It's about creating garden spaces, plant-based medicine, and Daily Practices, it's all in this book, To Achieve Happiness and Well-Being by Jesse Bloom. Again, thanks, Jesse. Thanks for having really me. Really enjoy it. Yeah, stay on the line for a second. All right, folks, that wraps up this half hour. We'll be on with another interview in one minute right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. I'm Patricia Raskin. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.